Yo, it's your boy T. Ross. Antonio J. Bell, what's cracking? What's happening, brother? What's good, man? How you doing, man? Man, I'm feeling good, bro. You're feeling good. Uh, you know, I, I look forward to these moments when we just have a conversation and kind of, you know, find a way to put it out there. You know, yeah. these conversations and it's very therapeutic. Sounds a little creepy, but that's cool. I mean, you know, it's 2017, about to be 2018, you feel me? This is the norm nowadays. Putting it out there for the whole world to see. For the whole world to see, brother. Yeah. Let I'm with it. it. I'm with it. Let I'm it with it. In like the digital universe. You know what I'm saying? Because imagine like, I was going to say 15. Imagine like 100 years from now, they dig up, you know, I don't know, iPod or something? Well, you know Pharrell dropped a track that he put in a safe that's not going to be released until I think... 3020? No. Something like that. No. <laughs> Something like that. No. I won't accept that. <laughs> Pharrell got a track in a save, bro. That's not going to be released for 100 years. I think it's 3017. That's I'd have to look it up. It's 100 years. Uh, uh, I don't understand. It's kind of dope, though. I mean. Like, I'm dying to hear the song. Like, I want to hear it now. Like, <laughs> like, 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 I want to be connected from the grave to, like, my grandkids or their, right. or their kids to be like, yo, let me know if the track is fire or not. How about, we, how about this? How about this? We find a way to drop something and let the individuals know, whoever's around during that time, to find a way to communicate with us to let us I'm hear it. it. I'm with it. I'm with it. On some Black Mirror stuff. On some Black, bro, hey, on some Black Mirror stuff. That'd be real. lit, bro. That'd be for lit. Real. That'd be lit. That'd be lit. So, so why are we here, T. Ross? What's cracking? Why are we here? What are we bro? talking about? Um, I mean, you, you just had a, we just had a, a moment just now, bro. You was like a 16-year-old me, a 16-year-old Tarek would have access to Tarek in 2017 at 26. All my social media platforms, my cell phone, my iPod, my laptop, my MacBook, your Bank entire accounts, digital imprint. My whole entire, my, my, the digital footprint of Tarek Ross yeah. today. If the 16-year-old me, 16 years old, I'm a junior in high school, I had to really put myself in that position to think about what things that I want for myself or my desires at the time. Yeah. Looking forward to transitioning into, you know, senior year, finally getting ready to graduate. Just all the things and the energy that I had at the time, the, the passion I felt that was burning within me, the things I wanted to do. If I were to look at myself today, then, like then, if I was able to look at myself today, that's 10 years. I feel like I would, I would, I would, I would say or ask what happened. Crazy. You feel me? Like, I would say what happened in the sense of looking at 26-year-old Tarek and say, like, what happened? Like, why have you settled? And I say settled in the sense of things that I know I wanted for myself or still want for myself. So, so what are those things? Put us in... 16-year-old Tarek's minds. What was he dreaming about? What was he thinking about? What did you want at 16 years old? At 16 years old, I wanted to definitely have influence. Okay. Influence in the sense of using... On a macro level, I guess you're on a, saying. Yeah, right? on a macro level. Influence on a macro level in the sense of being able to speak to and organize young people. Mm -hmm. I felt like at the time I was super involved. I was connected to my peers, students. I was connected to the adults, like the administrators. And I saw that there was a gap, as I, as I talk about even today. But I saw that there was a gap, and I wanted to find a way to create a space that, or create like a community that would, that would 
kind of flip what was upside down on his head. And, then, and, I, and to me, I think about um, this events. I, thought, I think about the, the connections to the people around me who were you know, on the rise, if you will. Mm. Um, Entertainment-wise, business-wise, just their minds, you know? Um, and really recognize the blessing that we had going to the high school we went to, having the experiences that we had, and just being able to harness that, you know? Of course, not knowing what the future held, but to recognize the opportunity that was right before us or the blessing that was right before us, right. you know? Just being together, being close, being in a diverse setting, which I felt was very unique to people my age from my community to be in a place where I was with diverse people my whole middle school and high school years. You know, so looking at myself now, I would feel like, okay, this would make sense if it was two, three years, you know, removed. But to be a whole 10 years, it's like, yo, 10 years is a very long time. And so much can be done. You know, even if a year or two it takes, you know, struggling and kind of figuring it out, you know, the next two years is maybe hashing it out and figuring it out in, in, in a practical sense, like action-oriented. Then to finally get it and then to study it and be at the top or to master it, you know, for what mastering could look like in five years after that, you know what I mean? I feel like it would just be a totally different space. And, and, and it, makes, it, made, it leads me to question what happened and what was it that maybe, I don't want to say quenched the fire, but what, what was it that uh, diminished the fire, fire a bit, you know? What experiences did I have that made me slow down? I mean, would you say that the stuff you wanted then changed? Did you start going after and wanting different things? I, I would say they became more refined. Okay. I would say they became more refined. Um, so I'm grateful, of course. However, I don't know if I would say that it necessarily needed to take as long as it did for them to become as refined. Mm. I think taking the time to focus on those things and study and move forward in them would bring about the same lessons. It's just that because I wasn't, it wasn't the sole focus moving forward, those lessons were a little drawn out before I was able to get them. But okay. I would have gotten them regardless. So you're casting your net too wide. Yes. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I like the way you put that. Yeah. That's the artist in you, brother, speaking. Hey, hey I'm trying. I bro. cast my net too wide, brother. <laughs> That's good. No, for real, for real, though. Interesting. I think it's a little different because like, I feel like if I can see a snapshot, if I can go through my social media or my phone or whatever and see... I mean, the original question was this, was this. The original question was, if you were able to access your phone at 16 years old, your current phone now in 2017, back in 2007, if you're able to look at your cell phone and look at your Instagram account, look at your uh, Facebook, Twitter, look at the pictures in your phone today, look at your text messages in your phone right now, what would you think about yourself and who you've become? I think, to a degree, I think I'd be proud. Of, of, of what I've done in a sense of like what I've accomplished. I know at the time I wanted to be an actor, at the time I wanted to uh, tell a story and do all of those things, which I got to do. But I do think there are other areas in my life where I would be like, bro, what happened? You know, when it comes to, you know, failed marriage, when it comes to, you know, raising a child, co-parenting, you know, love my kid. That I'd be excited about. But then when I find out that I'm not with her mama no more, I'd be like, bro, what you, what you, you quit? 
you quit. Oh, wow. You quit. Yeah, you quit. You had to have quit, bro. Because if you put your mind to it, there's no way that wasn't going to work out. Mm. You know, so I think in, in those areas, I would have looked at myself as if I've fallen short because I don't have that house that I said I was going to get by 23. I don't have the wife um, that I did get by 23, but now I'm not with her anymore. I got the daughter, so that's cool. And a cool career, but, you know, what legacy are you really leaving behind? And is it as strong as you expected it to be? Mm. Um, back at 16, which is an interesting bar. Do you, do you feel like you can pinpoint moments that may have, I guess, shifted your mindset to not have the same, I guess, persistence in achieving those things at that level? Like if 16-year-old you can look on and say, you know, you quit or, you know, you fell short to some degree, are there moments in time that you can look at that may have influenced things to come out, turn out the way that they did? Are there moments that I think would have influenced? So you're asking about the catalysts? Yes. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. I think there are moments um, that I can pinpoint because I feel like, you know, with that relationship that I got out sooner, I wouldn't be tripping. Mm. I just wouldn't have the kid, you know, which is, you know, a big deal. And I, I want that kid. Right. right. No, of course. But, of course. Um, yeah, I definitely think there are, there, are, there are areas where I just fell short, where I just kind of I stopped going as hard. Like, I wonder if I kept consistent, if I had been consistent at that age and I kept fighting as hard as I did back when I was 16, if I had that fire I had back at that time, I wonder how far I would have taken this thing. Yeah. You know, and not yeah. to say that where I'm at right now, I'm uncomfortable with it, I'm cool with it, right? Yeah. I'm content with it. But at the same time, I wonder if I had the same faith, which I think, I think that's the big piece though. You know, we go through these heartbreaks and we, we, we lose out on these jobs and, we change careers and all these things. And I think we lose faith along the way. Mm. And it's not until we start to regain that. And it don't have to be like, I think when we regain that, like I think that's when we start to get back on the right path. Ah, you yes. know, And that could be faith in yourself, faith in whatever you believe in. You know, For me, it's God or whatever the case is. When we regain that faith, I think that's what gets us back on that right path and just believing what we're capable of. I like that. You said, you said two things. You said maybe, what was it that? made you, well, you said you weren't, you stopped going as hard. Yeah. And then you mentioned faith. For me, just where I am today, like literally today, where we are sitting, pot, like mm -hmm. recording, thinking about all the things that are going on in my mind, the things that I want for myself, the things that I wish I would have done better, um, the things that I'm proud of, things that I have accomplished that I never thought I would accomplish, just all together, just a pot of just, experiences, emotions, thoughts, ideas, hopes, dreams. Um, I think about what it would take to clear the smoke a little bit. Mm. And the only thing that makes sense is my faith, yeah. you know, in God. My faith in understanding the power in that vertical relationship as an individual. Not in some, you know, religious sense of these are the steps I need to follow to get X, Y, Z, but just I need to center myself. I need to have some type of balance mm -hmm. and moral compass that is going to guide me in the decisions I make moving forward. Okay. Um, in order to establish what it is I stand for, why I stand for it, and to move forward in that confidently. I think a lot 
that has happened along the way has been a matter of being discouraged when you talked about not getting the jobs or you know not being where you want to be. Those things serve as discouragement, and that becomes this, that becomes the quote unquote moral compass, or it, it begins to shift the compass itself right. in such a way that now it's clouded. You know, these things that are wearing on it. We we talked about it before in a previous podcast of just not allowing the distractions or the detours to get us off course of what it is we ultimately to define want. You. To de- don't don't let the detours define you. Yeah. That's good, yeah. man. You you full of tweetables, bro. <laughs> like, I wish I wish like, you know what? I'm gonna stop saying I wish and I'm gonna do it. I need a pen and paper. I'm gonna just start writing. You need it a down. pen and paper. Keep talking. I'm gonna grab I, a pen and paper. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna just start writing down the bars, bro. Because there was a time where, when I felt like I was going hard, I literally had a mirror. I had a huge mirror in my room and in my restroom, my bathroom. And I would write on it with a um, a dry erase marker right. all the things I need to remind myself throughout the day, every day. It wasn't just a matter of, yeah, these are the things I stand by, but these are the things I stand by that I look at and I recite and I meditate upon every single day okay. throughout the day. Right, the morning, right. when I walk by it, I think about it. It was almost as if it were a prayer. Mm. And, and, and the reason why I say almost as if, I need to stop and say that it was a prayer because I think in my mind, religiously, the idea of prayer has to look a certain way. But these were really just things that I wanted for myself, things that I understood that I needed to be grounded upon. Right. And that for sure was in the forefront of my mind so much so that in every decision that was moving forward, I had an opportunity to reflect on what I meant and what I wanted to ensure that it was expressed in whatever the decision that was before me. Yeah. Now, we talked about it before, the habits that occur. A lot of the decisions that are happening now are merely just habits, not even rooted in real thought and understanding or reflection in the moment. And that's kind of scary when you think about it. Yeah. And I think, you know, one of my biggest fears, I think we talked about this, and it may sound a little unrealistic and, and crazy, but it's a real thing. When I was younger, I used to be afraid of losing myself. Was, was how I defined it at the time. And this was around 16, 14, 15, where I was afraid that I would wake up one day and I would be somewhere in life and not really recognize who I am and what I'm doing. And when you think about that psychologically, that would be in a sense of forming all these habits that begin to snowball and have you become something that you never intended on being. Much like I think, you know, to an extreme level, what would happen if you were an alcoholic or a cocaine addict or a heroin addict? And I don't think it has to look that extreme for you to feel as though you've lost yourself. Yeah. And I think that um, that's real because I think, you know, as we've, we've discussed as far as like, you know, the way we communicate with whether it be our girlfriend or our parents or our kid or whatever the case is, you know, even the homies, like the way you communicate and interact with other people, when you just like snap and just respond out of nothing, this, I'm just gonna do this. That's a habit of how you've chosen to deal with stuff. Yeah. You know, one time and then you let it happen again and again and again, and you form these bad habits and then it's like, yo, now we're here. Yeah. You know, and that's a, that's a scary place to be when you think about, yo, how do we get here? Right, right, right. It's, it's very easy to, I think, zone out of that space of being conscious or-, yeah. or, or It's like flip on autopilot. Yeah, autopilot is the best way to put it. Yeah. And, you know, we have these moments, we go to seminars, we have conversations, we watch videos, we read books. It's like, yeah, I need to do that. 
or yeah, that's the place I need to be. I need to be intentional with my words. I need to speak right. life. Right. You know, I need to be dedicated. I need to be disciplined. But it almost feels like those ideas only exist when the feeling is there. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. When, when you know, you leave that space, whether it's a room for an event where the conference occurred or, you know, it's wherever it is that you're watching that video or wherever it is you're reading that book, the minute you get up to go to use the restroom or the minute you get up to go get some food or, you know, to go about your normal day-to-day routine, that those things that you just learned don't have any more power no. until you find yourself back in that space, and that's incorrect. You know, I think it's taking the small opportunities to begin implementing the thing that it is that you learned and breaking it down to the most simplest form, you know? I think that's strategy. Oh, 100. You know what I'm saying? It's like really, really being intentional and making sure that, okay, well, I want to lose 10 pounds, right? It's easy to say, but you also got to think about what needs to happen for me to lose 10 pounds. Maybe I need to change my diet. Maybe I need to get into the gym. Maybe I need to stop eating so much and drinking so much sugar. Mm. You know, but I think a lot of times, you know, we do, we put ourselves in these very inspirational environments and we think it's magic, bro. That's what church is, bro. Church is a bunch of people expecting to see like a miracle in a magic show. And I don't think those miracles happen the way that you expect them to. They don't. You don't just go into a room and walk up to the altar and say, okay, I give myself over to, you know, this faith. And then your life just magically changed. Nah, you got the real world tomorrow, really after you leave the afternoon. You know, but people don't look at it as such. They think it's just going to happen. And it's, and it's, it's, a, very, it's a, lot of, a lot of small events mm-hmm. that create that, that large change. Yeah, yeah. It's that slight edge. It's that mm. slight edge, you know. It's that, Talk about that. The slight so I haven't edge. read that book. Yeah, so The Slight Edge is the book, and um, the, it, it speaks about an understanding just between the differences between, like, wins and losses, you know? Okay. It's not, you know, people think they're one or two extremes, you know? Winning mm-hmm. is on this side, mm. losing is way on that side. Right. You know, but, you know, it's a win and lose. If you're talking about a basketball game, it could be one a point. ball. You know? It could be that one turnover. It could be whatever. Yeah. Very, very slight, but it, it makes the world of a difference. You know, right. we talk about, uh, I, don't, I don't remember the terminology, but essentially... Um, you know, whatever it is that they send up into space. If it's the goal for that machine is to get to the moon, it doesn't take a straight path there, you know? The whole way there, it veers off to the right. And the individuals who are back here on Earth controlling it have to, you know, move it over to the left to get it back on track. Mm. And then it keeps going, and then it veers off to the left. Mm. And the people back here on Earth have to control it and you know, bring it back over to the right to get back on track. Then yeah. it veers over to the right again, and they have to bring it on track, and they continue that process all the right. way to the destination. Yeah, that's the slight edge. It's being adaptable. Yes. To unforeseen circumstances. Yes. Nobody wants to be adaptable. No, not at all. Because yeah, it's you, uncomfortable. Yeah. I'm changing, or this doesn't define who I am. You know, you talked about it earlier. You mm. said the biggest fear was being able to look at. As the fear was looking in the mirror one day and not knowing yourself or yeah. not recognizing yourself, and I think. That's the same when we're talking about faith, whether we're talking about, you know, the relationships you're currently in. We don't want to question those very things because that would require us to suspend whatever faith and trust we put into that person or that idea hmm. or that, that business or whatever it is to then explore whether or not that was accurate or if we were had it wrong this whole time. Yeah. And that space of not knowing or having anything to hold on to, we don't know what that feels like. Right. So... We, we fear 
that so much that we'd rather just be comfortable and not knowing. It's almost like we, we don't want to take responsibility for our faith. Take responsibility in knowing that if I, <laughs> you know, we, I, I talk about this book a lot. My favorite book is The Alchemist by Paulo Coelho. I think that's a must read for anybody walking this earth. And what that book teaches in one word is that the universe conspires to helping you achieve. Sorry, sorry, I, I messed that up. If you really want something, the entire universe conspires in helping you achieve it. If you really want something, the entire universe conspires into helping you achieve it. And I say that's my favorite book, but I don't really live that. You know, I don't really walk around with the fact that I really want this and believing that the universe is gonna make sure that happens no matter what. It may not look like it right this second, right. but if I keep on track, if I keep, you know what I'm saying, doing mm -hmm. what I need to do, it's gonna happen. But that requires faith and that requires me to be responsible. Yo, you saying that reminds me of, what was that, a year ago? Hmm. When did you start writing in that, that book that you have, the things that you wanted to accomplish? Oh man, uh, yeah, yeah. Speak to that, bro, speak to yeah. that. So I got this. That's, that's important. I got this journal, it's just a, um, Markings makes this really dope journal. Um, you can buy it on Amazon or Target or wherever, but I got these journals, and in this journal, one I've titled The Dream Book. And in the dream book, I've written down all of my goals, right? And at first, it was a little more strategic. It was written as goals that I know I'm going to hit, right? Which we, we've talked about in a, in a former podcast. But there are goals that I, I thought were really realistic. So, for example, it was me booking Greenleaf. You know, I knew the younger characters needed love interests, and I knew that that was a show that I was very competitive with. Or was me booking a supporting lead in a feature film. Those are things that I knew I could, I could do. I knew they were attainable. Now, in hindsight, that was kind of cool because it gave me confidence when I started to hit those goals I knew I could hit um, and it helped me believe for the bigger goals. But that book essentially was just me writing down everything that I wanted to accomplish from you know, meeting Ryan Coogler to going to Africa to uh, booking a supporting lead in the future, booking Greenleaf and all these different goals. Uh, most of which I've, I've kind of done already. Um, you know, there's, there's some stuff that I haven't accomplished quite, uh, haven't accomplished yet, but, you know, it was just the idea of when I put those goals on paper, they became real. Because an idea isn't really real, it's fictitious, it's, it's, it's your imagination, it doesn't really exist, but I feel like once you put it on paper, or once you put it on wax, once it's out there in the universe and other people can reference it, and, and it can be touched and, and held, and it's, it's visceral, I feel like at that point, those things become real, and it's almost as if you have a, a higher charge into making those happen. And I know the Bible talks about that. It says, uh, my people perish because of lack of vision. Is that, is that what it is? Roughly, yes. Something like that. Like the lack of vision and the importance of you know, writing it down. Like right, yeah, the writing and, and making the it plain. Making it plain, yeah. yeah. Um, before I you know, really comment, I just want to let you know that I'm going to have to write down the word visceral. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm gonna have to look that one up, brother. <laughs> uh, but um, you know, that 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 alone to me was encouragement. You know, as much as it was encouragement for you, it was mm. encouragement for me in hearing you share that. Yeah. You know, and I think there's too often so many experiences that we overlook that I think we all can relate to. You know, it may not be necessarily a book, but it was something that we wanted that you know ended up working, but we were operating in a way that showed or showcased that we believed that whatever it was that we wanted would come. Right. And that alone would support the idea that 
exactly what it is you're sharing about the alchemist. You know, when you, you know, say what it is that you want, you make it clear the universe will conspire in order for you to receive that. And that should be enough to continue moving forward with that level of, in, of intention. Mm. And I think about, okay, now that we've had this conversation, now that we've discussed and can say, okay, 10 years ago, 16-year-old us would feel the X, Y, Z, you know? What is it now that we would need to do in order to ensure that, you know, 26-year-old us doesn't look at 30-year-old us? I never thought about that. Right. When I asked that question, I never thought about 36-year-old us versus 26-year-old. Uh, 26 That's crazy. But, you know, I'm thinking literally, what does 30-year-old Tarek, what does 26-year-old Tarek expect from 30-year-old Tarek? And then what does 26-year-old Tarek expect from 36 solely because of this moment? Yeah. Where you ask me, what does 16-year-old Tarek That's think? That's deep. So I don't want to look at another 10 years go by and yeah. say, he settled again. You know yeah. what I mean? And not to say, oh, I'm not content or I'm happy with where I am because I do believe all of my experiences have shaped me and they have allowed me to work through a lot of things that may have formed as insecurities along the way so that I can have that confidence. You talked about you set goals that you know you could hit, but that still served as the encouragement and the fire you needed to know that it's possible to now set even bigger goals. Yeah, absolutely. You know? So for me, I look at my experiences within the last 10 years as that experience for me to say, sure, I didn't hit the goals I thought I would have hit, but I also didn't think I'd gain the lessons and the level of insight that I, I, would, I know I need in order to move forward today. Yeah. You know? So, so yeah, so what are, what are some things that you would say you will want to see from, you know, 30-year-old you as well as 36-year-old you? Man, 30-year-old and 36-year-old me. I think, I've been thinking a lot about legacy, man. I've been thinking a lot about people. You know what I'm saying? Um, I love what I do, I love what I'm working towards and all of that stuff, but I really think about, man, when I'm not here anymore, what kind of stories is Madison gonna tell about her father? What is Maddie gonna remember me as? What is she gonna say? One of the most beautiful things, and it, and it, and it, and it waters me up thinking about it, is you remember, um, God, my guy, uh, remember the, the, the sports analyst on ESPN? that died a couple years ago. Stuart? Yes, 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 Stuart. You know, he, I remember hearing his daughter speak of him after he passed away from cancer, and they said the most beautiful things at the ESPYs, I think it was. Mm -hmm. It was crazy. They, they did a tribute, and they really talked about this man as if he was the greatest man to ever walk this earth. And I think that's, you know, when we talk about influence, um, it's interesting how we look at influence because you don't realize it, but your influence does have reach, you know? The impact that you have on the people in your inner circle is huge. You know, when you talk about the influences that you have, you know, to me, you know, being a homie, to your friends, to your girlfriend, to, you know, people you grew up with, that influence speaks. One of the, 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 the dopest things for me is when somebody watches Greenleaf or whatever, because if you don't know me, I really don't care about none of that stuff. Like, it doesn't really <laughs> yeah. get me off. You know what I mean? The fact that I'm on TV or people see me or the attention. Um, I kind of shy away from it for some reason. Don't know. That's another podcast. But when people hit me up and say that that inspires them, that, that gives me something. The fact that people see me and they see an image of who I am, 
that I fought for something, that I did this. And they say, damn, I went to school with him. I went to high school with him. I went to church with him or whatever. And he was able to do that. That makes me think that I can do what I want to do. That's, that's my dream. That's my goal. I really want people to be inspired by what I do and go pursue and live their dreams. If I can accomplish that, then, then, then that's where it's at. So for me, 36-year-old Antonio, 30-year-old Antonio, man, I think it's about, I think, righting those wrongs. You know, having that family that I'm afraid to have now because my first one didn't work out. I think that's it. I think it's, it's buying that house. Um, and I think it's really moving towards, like, like, that legacy, man. Like, I want, you know, however many children I end up with, you know, 10, 20 years from now, I want them to grow up and say good things about me. You know, I want whatever images that are left of me, you know, electronically on, you know, this, this, this dark web we have. Whatever's left, I want people to be able to reference that stuff and be inspired by it. I want people to, I want to I wanna, I wanna inspire people to pursue their dreams. If I can do that in 10 years, five years, four years, that'd be lit. Why not? Why not? It's right or wrong, man, I love that. I love that. Um, it's funny you say that. I had just posted something recently on Snapchat I think there were a lot of experiences that happened, excuse me, for me, with 17-year-old Tarek that shifted the trajectory of my life, mm. mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually, right? And one of those things being that I had prepared myself. I was in a program at UCLA that, you know, in my mind, guaranteed my acceptance into the school. Okay. So I, I had all my eggs in one basket, if you will. Yeah. And, you know, there was money attached to it. I had the relationships. All the things that you think you would need in order to establish yourself. Because, you know, they talk about your network. I had the network. You yeah. know what I mean? And I had the financial support, too, um, contingent upon my acceptance. And it didn't happen as such. You know, life happened. And that's a story I share now because I do work with students on a regular basis. Um, I work with the senior class at about 11 schools. So that's a few thousand students that I'm working with. And, and you still think you have micro, like your reach is, is, is on a micro scale? No, that's crazy. And you reach out to thousands of kids. I know, I know. Thousands of kids, man. You know, you know how many people they're going to come across in the next? True. That's true. That's true. And, and I think this year, especially, this last, the last two years, I definitely have been a lot more intentional about what, what my exchange with them is. Yeah. It's a lot less about the information and a lot more about how they felt about our encounter. You know, what did I leave them with? Mm. You know, beyond what it is that my job entails, what have I done to help them in their journey through life moving forward? Um, and I had one student that I had to help with their UC application. Um, and I had decided to go back and look at my personal statement <laughs> from when I submitted to the UC. And I saw that I had a lot of things quote unquote wrong. Not because I missed the task at hand, but my context of life beyond high school was very limited. Yeah. So much so that when I was asked a question, I had no way to answer that outside of my own experiences. The question was, what is it that makes you different? The only place I know where I'm different is amongst my peers at my school. So I'm gonna speak about what makes me different in my community, 
Yeah. I didn't think, I wasn't encouraged to think about it. What makes me different from all of the individuals who are all going to apply to the school? Yeah. Who feel like they're different on each of their own campuses? Right. What makes me different from that grouping of students, you know? And, you know, that, this speaks a lot more just to like the mindset and the need for more information and practical application. Um, because after reading that, I was able to help this student who I read his paper. He was talking about his grades, his leadership involvement, and you know how he changed his life behaviorally. Single parent household, undocumented family, having to support his family financially as, as a minor. He had written so much about his grades and leadership capabilities that he overlooked the fact that this was a strong young man that had to step up to the plate because of the community, the condition of the community he came from. Right. He had been trained and conditioned to only look at the, the, the grades, only been trained to look at the leadership in the, in the world of academia. Yeah. And that was a problem, you know? Yeah. But that's what he was told was needed. And I was able to help him recognize, like, no, your strength is in who you are. Yeah. Let who you are shine through in that paper. You know what I mean? And to me, that was a microcosm of like what I want my next four years to look like. Mm. Make sure that these next four years, I'm able to impart that type of understanding and have those type of exchanges and experiences with students. So much so that they're encouraged beyond what life may hand them in the years to come. That even though these detours happen, that they recognize that it's not a defining moment. They recognize that these detours do not take away from the journey that they've that they that they've traveled, and it won't be the determining factor of whether where they will end up. Right. You know, it's a matter of who they are and how they persevere through the detours that come along the way. So my next four years, I want to make sure that I'm leaving that type of imprint. You know, that I know that my influence has reached students in a way that they feel more encouraged to now help their immediate communities. And then moving forward beyond those four years is to then establish a space where those of us who have overcome those type of things can now create a culture that now influences other cultures and communities. Big picture. Where we see a shift in the way we speak about ourselves, the way we handle ourselves, and that's you know in every aspect of life, like a comprehensive list of like relationships, finances, emotions, spiritual spirituality, um, physical, mental health, well-being, like everything. I mean, like anything and everything you can think of. You, you want to accomplish this by when? This is in ten years. In that, ten years. That's the ten years. That's the ten years. I think it could happen sooner, bro. We talked about this already, actually, about that that survivor's guide. Yeah, we that's what it sounds like. That's what it sounds like. Yeah. I mean, it it you're, right. Like. you're right, 100%. You know what? You know what? You're right. Let that only happen in 10 years. 26-year-old will look on like yeah. 36T. What's good? What happened? That took what too happened? long. It took too long. Yeah. You're right, bro. <laughs> I'm over here setting goals. I know I'm a hit. What's up? Yeah. What's up? <laughs> What's up? <laughs> hey, yo, like, real talk, bro. Mm -hmm. Real talk. Mm -hmm. We can get that done soon, bro. And by soon, I mean three to five. If that long. But I think that's something that, that we can hold each other accountable for and start moving towards. We put it out there. We put it out there. I'm just saying. Listen, I'm with it. That, that's what it's for. I think that's the collaborative, man. I think we really need to start holding each other accountable, man. Yeah. I, think, I think in this age that we live in, man, nobody's having... Yo, what I hate... Somebody, somebody hit me today, bro, and she's like, oh, man, I really... She said something along the lines of, like, I missed seeing your stories and seeing you on 
on social media, you know. And I'm like, oh yeah, I just you know I ain't really own it that much no more. Like I'm you know I'm chilling. Yeah. Oh, is everything okay? Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm just living my life, and I don't need to document everything that I do at every moment of the day. But I think we all hold too much weight on being on the internet, y'all. Yo, man, I think I think we're, we're we're getting a little too soft, bro. I think so, bro. I think we're getting too soft. You know what I hate, bro? I hate when I see people have full conversations, bro, with their cell phone. We've all done it. I've done it. I did it two days ago, bro. Did you? Yeah. How long was the conversation, though? About three minutes. About three minutes. That's oh, a full man. conversation. I had a three-minute combo with Tarek. Yeah. Tarek and the Black Mirror, bro. It was crazy. It's crazy. And it's like, what, what happened? I mean, there's a, there were days when you would go back and call somebody close to you and be like, yo, I, I got to tell you this. Oh, let me tell you what. But now we just have it in front of a Black Mirror and just assume that the world's heard it. We get no feedback. Nobody holds us accountable. Nobody ah. really cares. It's just we're putting it out there. And we're having these conversations, which are really monologues. They're not conversations. It's not right. a dialogue at that point. And I think that's kind of where our generation is losing a little bit. It's mental masturbation, bro. That's crazy. It's mental masturbation. It is. It is. And I don't know. I just want to move to a place when, where people begin to, to, where we can hold each other accountable. Where we can talk to, you know, those people in our inner circle, man. And really, your circle, your inner circle is really probably about three, four, five people. Legit, on, legit, on if that. Yeah. It's more than that, man. You you, you no. got a lot of fakes around, or are you just a really blessed individual? You talking to Tarek? I'm just saying in general. Oh, okay, good. Yeah. Because I was about to say, I'm yeah. just talking about. But I hear you. But bro. you know what my daddy would say? If you, throw, if you throw a rock at a pack of wolves, at our dogs, I'm going to say wolves, though. If you throw a rock at a pack of wolves, the one that hollers is the one that got hit. <laughs> <laughs> That's what Johnny Lee Fields would say right about now. Johnny Lee Fields. <laughs> Mr. Fields. Okay. Shout out to that. my pops. Hey, but no, seriously, though, I think, I think we need to hold each other accountable, man. So I, I'm willing to hold you accountable for that. Yeah. And I think because it falls in line, we can just hold each other accountable to whatever that looks like. Whether you write a book and I do a documentary or we do a podcast together and put it on paper, too, at some point. Yeah. I don't know how it looks. Hey. We, it's on a podcast right now. We're going to move forward. It's documented. It's, we got to publish this too so they can keep us accountable. It, I mean, it will happen, brother, sooner than soon. Um, listen, I think the takeaway is that at this point is we got to go hard and we got to look at 16-year-old ourselves when we weren't professionally Reflect. manicured by life after high school. I think life after high school does Manicured or conditions? Manicured or conditions? Dang. Just asking a question. Conditioned and manicured, because I think we've been conditioned to think away, and then we start to question when we come into spaces how to manicure ourselves to best fit those spaces. Crazy. You know? I Crazy. think it's a little bit of both. Like, we come out feeling like we're rebellious, but our insides are just ready to, like, put out, and then we're uncomfortable. So we start to kind of shy away to figure out what we can do to fit in. So then... We start getting like filed down to look and be shaped like everyone else. Yeah. You know, you don't want to stand out too much. You know, everybody wanna be different, have their own thoughts, but they're doing the same thing everyone else is doing. You know? True. Because my page or my, my online name is different than yours. I think we're in different spaces, but we're both talking to these black mirrors. Yeah. We're both pulling up things that are, you know, highly influenced by the opinions of others. Yeah. It's not backed by any fact or any real experience. It's just, you know, like I said, mental masturbation in the sense that you know, we're putting it out there and it makes us feel good about ourselves, but ain't nothing really happening, you know? So, you know, to me, the takeaway from this legit is go hard. 
Go hard. Go hard. So I mean, you started with reflect. So you want to want people to look back to reflect on who you were ten years ago, what you what you were about, what you stood for. Yes. Um, what you wanted to see out of the next ten years was the first step to reflect. Yes. Reflect and figure out because I think now we can look at ourselves at sixteen and say based on the p- passion and the fire that you have as a young sixteen year old. What advice would you give to that 16-year-old who you see and can believe in? Because I think that would give the wisdom and insight necessary for that passion to be carried out in a way that won't look like what it probably looks like today. Right. You know? And take that understanding. So, you know, don't, don't take the 16-year-old logic as well and do things immaturely, but to take that passion and that fire and let that be the thing that ignites you know, whatever it is you decide to do moving forward. Yeah. You know, and I think that that alone is enough push, I know, for me to say, yo, like, I knew what I believed back then, and I know I believe, and I still see it, you know, infiltrated in my life in ways that I can't even really articulate. So I knew that it was true because I still feel it. Yeah. What have I done with it? I've, I've, I've pushed it to the back of my mind. You know what I'm saying? Like, why? Right. Why? So that leads me to my takeaway. Okay. Takeaway number two, I think. There might be five of these. I don't know. There might be a five lot of just, them. Five just hit my spirit. So takeaway <laughs> number two. <laughs> takeaway number two, I think, is challenge yourself. Okay. Challenge yourself. We talked about in the last podcast, stop challenging yourself with goals you know you're going to hit. Mm-hmm. And what we mean by stop challenging yourself with goals you know you're going to hit is if you get on a treadmill and you know you can run a mile without stopping on the treadmill, Try to run 1.1 miles next time you get on that treadmill. Or try to run that same mile instead of in 10 minutes, running at 8. But find a way to push yourself or push the envelope. If you don't feel like you're going to quit at what you're doing, you're not challenging yourself. And that's a fact. So find a way to challenge yourself in moving forward. Number three? Number three. I think number three, what I'm, what I'm feeling right now is um, find a non-digital outlet. Mm. That's dead. I think that creates free thought. Free thought in the sense that it's not bound by the opinions of others. Find a free, like a non-digital outlet, whether it's painting, whether it's doing your own podcast. Well, this is digital. I just messed up my own. I don't know if this is necessary. I mean, it's both because it's actually a conversation. It's a conversation, yeah. It's a conversation in real life, real time, writing. 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 So writing is one, whether it's painting, drawing, doing poetry, you know, something that allows you to get your voice out in a constructive way. So find an outlet. That's the And way it could I be as simple as talking to another human being, too. Yeah. Going yeah. to have lunch, facing your phone down. Bro, they have an app, too. That, they have an app. I forgot. I wish I knew the name of it right now. But it's an app to where if you pick up your phone first... You have to like you owe the other person like whatever the the, the amount is like it's twenty dollars or mm. whatever like you you forfeit some kind of money or something if you pick up your phone first like when you're interacting with each other yeah like if you like like if we're out having yeah. brunch or something bro and mimosas yeah you know if we both had the app on we turn it on boom whoever turns that off you know loses the bet pretty much gotcha gotcha yeah I I think I think just have, having that type of outlet whether it's somebody you hang out with on a weekly basis or bi weekly or monthly basis. That needs to happen. Yeah. Um, you know, if it's writing or drawing, you know, challenge yourself to, to journal, you know, once a week. It yeah. don't got to be every single day. Um, you know, do a creative painting, you know, once a week. Whatever it is, find something to, to kind of focus your attention and energy towards 
and let that be the thing that also helps you move forward. Yeah, that's a fact. I think number four, number four, find somebody that will hold you accountable, mm. that'll truly challenge you and truly call you out on your BS and somebody you can talk to and really relate with that is going to help you achieve whatever that highest self is. Even when you don't want to hear it. Even when, especially when especially you don't want to hear it. Especially when you don't want to hear it. Especially when you don't want to hear it. Ah, number five. What's number five, brother? What's number five? <sighs> number five, number five, number five. Number five. I say, you know, I think it's just, I, I want to say balance. And I think of balance, I think of just coming back to that moral compass. Figure out what it is you believe, how you believe, what makes you help, what, what, what is it that shapes the space in which you make decisions from? Mm. I think it's very easy, once again, to be on autopilot and make decisions and move around doing things that don't have any real attention or focus. Like, life has to be about a lot more than just, you know, getting the job, making the money, moving on, that's it, you know, retiring somewhere and, like, dying. Like, yeah. what is it that you believe? What is it that you stand for? Have a moral compass that you can clearly articulate and identify and don't be afraid to suspend what has been conditioned for you to believe. Mm. So if I can, I mean, I guess I can sum that down to like that balance slash moral compass. I just feel like that is core. It's like foundational. I think that's it, brother. I love it. All right. Hey, yo, I appreciate y'all for tuning in. Yo. Much love. Peace. Chicken grease. <laughs>